Well, good morning, East Tennessee. I hope you've uh, been able to shake the frost off this morning and uh, get that nice warm cup of coffee. And hopefully you're sitting inside looking out the window and not sitting outside on your porch today. Hey, but wherever you are and whatever you're doing, I'm so glad that you have joined us this morning. Um, It is just, uh, we've got a great program put together for you today. As you know, my name is Scott Brokamp. I am the founder and co-owner of His Security and Technology right here in Knoxville, Tennessee. And, uh, well, <clears throat> you know what? One of the, There's never a shortage of things to do in East Tennessee, and today is no different. So if you're looking for something to do, the Foothills Craft Guild is holding their 57th annual Fine Craft Show this weekend at the Knoxville Expo Center on Clinton Highway. Hours are today from 10 to 6. Uh, and if you've never been to that, I'm just telling you, it is amazing some of these these crafters, the things that they can do with some of the items just, I mean, blows you away. Recycle bits and just, uh, I'm telling you, go check it out. The 50th, 57th Annual Fine Craft Show. It is, again, at the Expo Center, Clinton Highway. Hours are 10 to 6 today. Market Square Farmer's Market is winding down today. And the next two Saturdays are the final days of the year for the Farmer's Market. The Dogwood Arts Bazillion Blooms Dogwood Tree Sale is still going on. You can order trees now through November 16th and pick them up on December the 8th. More details at dogwoodarts.com. It is homecoming on the hill. The Vols take on UConn today. Be sure to buy a Pat Summit commemorative cup today to help support Alzheimer's research and give a Gino a big in your face. Kickoff as is at noon today on the SEC Network. And if you are want to listen into the game, you can catch them on our sister station, WIVK, the flagship station of the Vol Network. For a complete list of events happening around your house today, go to visitknoxville.com. That's visitknoxville.com. Well, today uh, today marks kind of a special day. We, uh, we're looking to do a few things a little different around here, around the house. And one of those is we're going to focus once a month. uh, Our show is going to be focused on some local nonprofits that, well, you may or may not know about, but if you don't know about them, you need to. Um, You know, one of the greatest joys of owning a business for me is being able to be involved in our community and supporting some of the many of local causes and, and local needs that we have right here in our very own community. Uh, and I'm so proud that we do that as a company. Um, it, it, it's just, to me, it's I, I just really what it's all about. So, uh, anyway, for this morning, so the holidays will be here before you know it. It's a time where families get together, share meals and gifts. Their love for each other. But holidays can also be a painful time for families who are still mourning over lost loved ones. And then there's a small community of about 2,000 people in our city who will have no family, no meal, no presence without the support of agencies and their volunteers. On today's show, we want to spotlight a couple of organizations who are meeting needs of people living on the streets. And if you're inspired to pitch in, well, we'll also tell you how you can get involved. And by the way, it's not just money, man hours, man hours. These are volunteers. My first guest this morning is from Volunteer Ministry Center 
on Broadway. He handles all their digital media and does a lot of networking to promote VMC's mission around town. And if you don't know him, you haven't been out around town. But welcome to the show, Mr. Zan Shriver. Thank you, Scott. It's great to be here. Man, you you you're everywhere. I'm just gonna tell you, you're everywhere. <laughs> I try to be. <laughs> you know, it, which I mean, obviously, so important, right? That what you guys do at Volunteer Ministries is is essential. Um, and I think that's the biggest thing, right? Is for people to know about you and know about your need and how they can help. And you do a great job with that message. So I guess with that being said, Zan, how what's what is VMC and how did it all begin? So VMC actually was founded by downtown churches in 1987. So we've been around a while. Um, and so those churches were really concerned about the rising level of homelessness uh, in Knoxville. And so we were formed. And for many years, we basically provided a day shelter for those experiencing homelessness. And, you know, we provided food and a safe place to be off the street. But I tell you, Scott, the problem was is we were we we realized we were seeing the same faces day after day, month after month, and things really weren't changing for people. Mm-hmm. So at that point, we took a what we call a housing approach to to home to 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 looking at the issue of mm-hmm. homelessness and helping ending it for individuals in our community. Um, so. Why there were we we took a look at was what was being done in Knoxville at the time, and there were plenty of emergency services mm-hmm. offered, or there were right, you know, and so we felt like our niche or where we could really help folks would be to concentrate on folks actually achieving housing and breaking that cycle of homelessness, and and that that in itself is quite amazing, quite amazing. So obviously. Yeah. There's there's a lot that goes into that, right? There is a lot to unpack here on how you do that and how you derived at that. So obviously, it's amazing that look you've been you were able to as you were able to identify that, right? And and one of the things I know about you guys and what I know about volunteer ministries is just that is that there are a lot of emergency services, but you guys really kind of dove in and and just you started to peel back that onion, right? You you wanted to figure out. How can we how can we get these folks from being dealing with emergency services every day? How can we get them stable and on their feet? And to me, that's one of the things that I really love about your guys' program and what you do. And and I'll tell you too, Scott, and there's individuals that I feel like or in our community that have been that have experienced homelessness for many years. Um and those are really um, folks that we target is the mm-hmm. folks that are the most vulnerable, um, that the, the, in the most need, and um, to lack of better language, um, they're most likely to die if they don't get on the, off the streets. Mm-hmm. And so that's who I feel like we really target, sure. um, and that's who our agency ministers to. So, mm-hmm. so, how, so how long have you guys been working through that approach right the the uh housing first approach i know you didn't start that way but how many years did it take you to be able to figure out we need to do something different and then figuring out and then putting in action are two different things well um so 2007 
is when we switch to uh, the housing first model. And for those of you that don't know, the traditional approach to homelessness um, has been for many years um, that folks will you know, they'll work on alcohol and drug issues. They'll get a job. They'll work on these different things. And then housing is up here, kind of the reward or the carrot. Mm. So what I love about this is housing first says, no, no, what we're going to do is we're going to put people in housing first. Mm. We're going to surround them with services and they can be successful. And this is a model that has been done all the way across the country and it's been successful. And we feel like it's been very successful here in Knoxville. Mm -hmm. And if you think about it, it's it's kind of ridiculous to ask people to work on the most horrible, worst things that have happened to them when they're just survive they're barely surviving on the street. Right. So the idea is let's put them in housing where they're safe and they're secure. And let's connect them with professionals that can help them work through the things that led to the homelessness in the first place. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Look, I mean, you got to you got to take care of that first. And and which is I, I to me, you would think would be a natural concept, but it's not. So we're going to take a short break. But when we come back, I, I want to dig into that a little bit because I want to yeah. talk about why that is so important and and. Uh, obviously why that's been successful so we are going to be right back here on around the house with scott brokamp on news talk 987 woki welcome back to around the house i'm scott brokamp your host and i'm speaking with zan driver from volunteer ministry center zan i i just appreciate what you guys do I just really do. Um, Thank you, Scott. And the philosophy behind it. So we, before we left for break, we were we were tar- starting to, to dig into that a little bit. But y- your approach to homelessness and, and helping our community is is the housing first approach. Uh, you you mentioned it again before the break that it has been done all across the country. It has been identified as a successful uh, program to work to help folks get back into, well, productive members of society, right? Um, And Scott, more importantly, I think, as a part of the community. Yeah. I mean, because I really think housing is what we do, but we also, I think, we allow people to be pulled back into a community and part of something greater than themselves. And is that not what it's all about? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, that is, that is essential. Um, so when we talk about the housing first, first approach, you know, when you and I were talking a little bit during the break as well, you know, there's so many factors, right? If you find yourself in a position of homelessness, right? There's, there's a lot of things going on that, that is not just a, usually just an overnight something that occurred. This has been something it, Things have been building to that point. And as you mentioned, it's very difficult to try to help somebody or have them be in a frame of mind to be working towards helping themselves and dealing with the issues that may have got them in this position when they're still trying to just figure out where in the heck they're going to sleep. And by all means, what if they got kids? You know, being able to have somewhere to at least know you can go home to, right? 
I mean, yes. we've talked about it forever, right? Home is where the heart is. Okay? We've all heard that slogan. Well, when you don't have a home, it's so difficult to work through anything. I mean, it, it, it just is. I know that so many folks, and I have talked to people and have met people through my own struggles, through addictions and everything else, that have lived on the streets, who have been homeless, and knowing that some of their struggles, how they're able to block that out of their brain and function. I knew a guy years ago when I was in Florida, <laughs> and he he was in a position that he didn't have anywhere to live. And uh, he was battling addictions, but yet he still found a way to have a job. He worked every day. Wow. Now, all he did was work to, f- to fuel his habit, but he worked every day. And in where he worked in the industry that he was in, it wasn't helping him with his habits, right? It was not helping in his addictions. But the thing was is that Somehow or another, he was still able to find a way to go to work. Uh, and, and and honestly, that ended up being kind of the precursor or the underlayment of him to finally turn his life around and get back into a productive means of, of society and community. It was a life. strength for him, even though it wasn't helping him it with was. addiction, but it was a... It was a personality strength that could help him in positive ways. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So when you guys talk about housing first, that's, I mean, really, that's, it's making sure that helping folks have that safe haven so that at least that burden is off of their, their mind and off of them to at least start the journey of whatever the need is. Yeah. And if you think about it, no matter where you are in life, if you're working on something big, but you're under tremendous stress, it, it's hard for you to have the energy to truly deal with it, you know? And so I, I think it's the same thing for the folks that we're working with is that um, when they're in housing and they feel safe mm-hmm. and they don't have to worry about day-to-day survival, yeah. they that energy and that focus can go to dealing with deeper stuff. Um, and, you know, they feel that that safety and security to do that. So I do think that's the goal. Yeah. I, I, I mean, definitely. Right. So wh- what, what do you see most prominently that, that you're working with, um, with clients and with folks that you're helping to get into housing? What are some of the most prevalent issues that you see that, that they're trying to overcome that may or may, may have led them to be in their situation as being homeless at that point? Well, of course, we've talked about um, addiction, um, and there's there's also you know um, mental illness. Yeah, um, those can be you know those can be big issues for for folks. Um, and again, connecting them to services is mm-hmm. very important. It is, and so again, it's not just about housing; um, it's about the safety and security of housing, but it's also about that connection to services, you know, that they need to be right. able to stay in housing. Right. And I'll tell you this, I, I worked in child welfare for years, adoption and foster care. And so I'm very familiar with, uh, unfortunately the trauma, um, mm-hmm. that's associated, associated with that for, for children. When I started working for volunteer ministry center, it dawned on me that, 
you know, a lot of these folks, something that's significant for all of them is trauma. Yeah. I'd say over 95% have suffered some sort of really serious, severe trauma. And that informs their decision-making and yeah, their, their coping. Um, and, and I'm not saying that's a reason for anything, but we have to understand that that's at play and right. that we're working with people or folks that have deep wounds that have never been dealt with. Mm. Um, and so part of what we're working is to do is to, you know, address those in a healthy way, in a way that gives them long-term support. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, let's face it, no matter what the situation is, you know, many of us have, have suffered through some form of, of trauma in our lives. We all have baggage per se, right? We all have those things that nag at us, that make us and have formed us to be who we are. And some of those are very great, amazing, positive traits, but some of those are very negative, you know, uh, Look, I mean, I've I've got my own negative traits. You know, my my wife tells me on a regular basis. She says, "Do you ever say anything nice to yourself?" You know, and so it it doesn't. You know, the mental health aspect that we deal with, we all deal with it in in some form or capacity. Yes, and, and unfortunately, there are many of folks that obviously that you deal with that it has been to a point that it is debilitating. Um, and quite frankly, you know, some of the issues that we deal with in our country today with a lot of the mental illness and, and the addictions, I'm just going to, you know, again, coming from kind of that life of addiction anyways, the stuff that's out there on the streets nowadays is, is insane. You know, it, it is insane. Some of these drugs that are available on on the streets that, that folks are using, you know, I, I'm older, right? I'm 52 years old. Everybody talked about heroin. Heroin was the, was the hard street drug. Well, now, I, I mean, it's still a very harsh drug, but there's stuff out there now that is way beyond that. And, you know... Seeing how that stuff has transpired scares the living daylights out of me. It, it just does. Yes. So, you know, you encompass that with with everything else that, that these folks are dealing with. And being able to have support and have a safe place and a safe surrounding to be able to, um, well, kind of like you said, to deal with those wounds, um, but really embrace essentially their community because what you guys are, are helping to provide is, is a source of community, right? All the support services, most of those are volunteer positions. Uh, yes, they have a professional to be able to deal with those professional needed issues, but a lot of their services are provided through volunteers, which again is community, which is why I'm sure the success stories of members who have come through your facility are involved in the community. Yes. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you something else, Scott. I, I think something that um, I've really liked about our programming is it really takes the investment of the person that we're working with, um, mm-hmm. meaning that we, we expect folks to be engaged in the recovery to housing. Yeah. So, 
they're they're doing the work to their ability allows um whether that's going to appointments or whatever that means for that person but they're invested in that process mm. and because what we found is the way that you work with someone to achieve housing determines whether they can sustain that in the long term mm. Um, and a lot of times the journey into housing allows folks to kind of work through some of the issues right. and some of the things that led to their homelessness. Um, and that's an important part of the process. Yeah, I, I mean, it's essential. You know, that is essential. Um, and we're, we're going to talk about that, right? We're going to talk about your programs and services that you guys offer um, and what you offer and kind of how they work. So um, we're going to we will we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, Zan's going to tell us a little bit more about those programs uh, and how they work. And, well, quite frankly, how you can get involved. We always want to talk about that. Listen, if you want to learn more about Volunteer Ministry Center, go to vmcinc.org. That's vmcinc.org. Um, check them out online. There's plenty of opportunities for you to help get involved as well. But right now, we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about programs and services at Volunteer Ministry right here on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. Welcome back to Around the House. You've been listening with us the, this morning. You'll know my guest this morning is Zan Shriver of Volunteer Ministry Center. And if you're just joining us, my guest this morning is Zan Shriver <laughs> from Volunteer Ministry Center. Hey, we are, uh, we're, we're working through, you know, as, as, as I have uh, continued on here, uh, here on Around the House, I, I want to make sure that we take opportunities to shine a spotlight and focus on the many of nonprofits that are giving back and helping make change in our community. That's important to me. Hopefully that's important to you. Um, and so we're going to, once a month, we're going to spotlight those these local nonprofits and, and organizations around town that, well, quite frankly, you need to know about, and they always need your help. So all of our community programs are always in need of volunteers. Uh, it's not just about money, right? You got to have money to operate, but you, you got to have people to help facilitate. So, uh, anyway, uh, as we as we talk about that, right? What a, what a great segue! How is. is that? You got to have people to facilitate the programs and services that you you folks offer at Volunteer Ministry Center. So, Zan, let's. I, I want to talk to you. Let's talk and dive, dive into these programs because obviously, housing first approach is is amazing, but there's a lot more that goes into it. So. What are some of the most popular programs that you folks offer? So um, I'll start kind of at the basic, and that's our street outreach program. And um, it was probably around COVID, which we're able to expand the program. So we have six case managers that go out in the community of Knoxville, and they go out under the bridge, they go out Market Square, they go out to a bunch bunch of the camps and what we're trying to do is make contact with those with mm -hmm. those folks experiencing homelessness that are not receiving services um, and make a connection and a lot of times scott that can take weeks or months to build a relationship of trust mm -hmm. and oh, so yeah. so we're helping them out with snacks clothing you know kind of things that 
you know, we can be useful and helpful and, and build that relationship. And um, we also have a shower trailer um, that there's a certain place oh, downtown yeah. near near under the bridge um, that we let we we offer for folks to, to be able to take showers so they can keep mm. clean. And again, this is another excellent way to keep in to make contact with folks right. and to form a relationship with them that can lead to housing services. Mm-hmm. So that's um, that. What I really like is I think in the last three or four years, we've moved towards instead of waiting people to come to us or actively going out to them. Yeah. And I think that's a big movement, Scott. Well, I mean, absolutely. Right. Um, you, you know, the service first, obviously idea is always key, but let's face it. The majority of folks that are in crisis with being homeless, they're the percentage that are seeking help is very low as you already know. And so I think it's imperative that you guys did. Well, I mean, you go and and show them we care and we're here to help. Yes. And, And I'll also share this. I think there's a misconception because there are a lot of folks that stay downtown near services, but they don't necessarily partake in services. And sometimes there's a feeling that those folks are, they just don't want help or they're quote unquote lazy. And what we've really found out, our street outreach through talking with folks, is a lot of times, number one, these folks are dealing with mental illness mm-hmm. or addiction issues, but they also don't know what to do. They've been mired in that homelessness mm-hmm. for enough time. And so by making contact with street outreach, um, they're able to make a connection to housing services. Um, so another thing connected to that is our foyer. Um, and it is a small 30 bed shelter. Um, and some people may ask, well, why are you all doing a shelter if there's another shelter in town? Um, well, and what we, so the whole approach, this is called a, a, um, it's a low barrier housing focused overnight emergency shelter. And that's a mouthful. It is a mouthful. Um, um, But it's really, it's really focused on folks that aren't able to stay at the at the traditional shelter in town. Okay. And what we try to do is knock those barriers away that would keep someone from staying. For example, Scott, we have crates, dog crates, set up where folks can bring their companion animals with them. And a lot of times. Mm Um, if they have to be separated from their companion animal, they will not stay at a shelter. Right. So we're knocking that barrier down. Um, a lot of times when you're on the street, you form relationships with people to kind of watch your back. Right. When you're at a large shelter, it's hard to do that. Yeah. But our shelter's smaller, and can they can be placed next to one another. And so, again, that's another barrier that we can knock out of the way. So really what the full year is about is about connecting people to housing services and giving them a place to stay in the meantime. That mm-hmm. That's for folks to stay at the, at the full year, they have to be willing to work on housing. Right. And so really, um, so it's kind of a... Uh, it's a di- it's a different way of thinking about mm. it's a different approach um, in in a shelter, and it's the first one in Knoxville. Wow. Well, you know, I, I'm glad I'm glad that you've got a different approach because it's been proven we 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 need to come up with some different approaches, right? We really we really do. Uh, and 
So, you know, you mentioned it, it's a low bar- barrier shelter. So, and I know we're going to divert here a little bit, but it's fine. What, what, what do you? Obviously, you've been doing this for I don't even know how many years. How many years have you been doing this? It's been over eight, Scott. <laughs> okay, I mean, it's ever since I've known you. This, this is what you've done. So, and I've known you, I guess, eight nine years. So, um, we talk about barriers. What What are the barriers that that you guys see that you know? really stop people from looking for accepting or getting help you know i i I think that um again it can be things like we're talking earlier about um them being able to take animals with them or keep relationships that they have um but i i think what it comes down to a lot of times is folks feeling accepted you know, the foyer, the foyer is a place where there's no judgment. Right. Come as you are. Yeah. If if you need shelter and you need help and you're willing to work on housing, it's a place for you. So, um, but um, I, again, I, I think that I mentioned before that I think I think it's a barrier for folks that they don't feel a part of the mainstream. Mm. They feel... They don't trust people. Yeah. Um, and this was even told with me someone that had been successful for over 10 years um, achieving housing and maintaining that housing that she felt like she was when she was homeless, she felt like she didn't exist. Hmm. She felt like people didn't recognize her or she wasn't known. Um, and, you know, that's a that's a hurtful thing. Yeah. I yeah. mean, to, to feel that way, that your own community or your own mm-hmm. city doesn't really acknowledge you. You're just kind of yeah. there. Um, and so housing to her meant being recognized again and being mm-hmm. a part of the community. So that may not have been what you're asking, but. No. <laughs> hey, look, you, you know, we chase we chase plenty of rabbits around here. And, and, and you know what? We, you always end up where you're supposed to. <laughs> That's really what it comes down to. That's right. That's okay. right. <laughs> All right. So you've got the foyer. Um, what? Else? I mean, you offer so many things. What other? What other services it, do you guys offer? We also have a housing case management program called the Resource Center, and it's basically a case management program that folks can enter, and we help folks achieve housing. Now. It can take between, it can take anywhere between twelve to eighteen months for someone to achieve housing. Mm-hmm. That's a long time. So in our building, we also have a safe space where there's there's laundry, there's showers, there's computers. We serve meals every day during the week, um, and that case manager is working with them to help them kind of deal with whatever it is, whatever barriers there are in the way of them being able to achieve housing. That can be for some people that can be that there's unpaid, you know, rent, there's unpaid utilities, maybe there's some issues in the past, um, criminally or whatever. Um, and, and a lot of times with the right expertise and the right knowledge, these barriers can be dealt with. Right. They, they may mean that at first the person is denied housing. Right. But, um, but you know, we know a few tricks. We know, <laughs> we know the system, um, uh-huh. and we can help folks navigate that. Right. It, it does. It's not an automatic no. 
but it is so frustrating. There's it's such a bureaucratic process for mm. people to go through. Yeah. And um it, it, if a lot of times if people have to go through it themselves, Scott, they, they won't do it. They end up quitting. Yeah. And so that I, I know I keep saying this, but that case management support of that at that, you know, someone advocating for you and helping you to kind of navigate yeah. It's essential to success. I mean, it really, I mean, it is, right? And that just having the helping hand is so important. Um, you know, I'm listen, anybody listening today, everybody's got a story. Everybody has gone through something, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. And, and, and there's always going to be that. And if it wasn't for so-and-so or if it wasn't for whatever support was there, it would be like, I don't know how I would have got through it, you know? And, and that's, this is your every day. That's what you deal with every day. Yes. Uh, you know, granted, the the process is a longer term. There's a lot more involved in it. But that is that is your every day. And these folks are are in those situations where they're saying, I just don't know how I'm going to get through this. And maybe I don't want to deal with it. And I'm just going to, you know, do like so many of us do. And, and I'm just going to put my blinders on to my situation. And, and I'm just going to be where I am. And, and a lot of times, all I really need is a helping hand. Yes. They just need somebody to listen and feel like somebody cares and and to be able to open openly and honestly express and ask for help. You know, I, I think those are one of the things, right? You guys provide a safe place that there, as you said, there is no judgment. So whatever the situation is, that that folks are going through they have the opportunity to just lay it all out there with you folks and and, and that's essential right i i i think it is scott yes i mean if you can't if you don't get all your cards out on the table if you're still holding one under the under the you know under your sleeve or whatever the case may be right you, you just can't it, it's hard to help and get through those situations when not when it's not all out there and and so I know that's a big part of what you guys do is providing that environment to invite that. So because uh, again, the success of that individual is really is going to be founded on that ability to just kind of lay it out there and and say, "Man, I thought I knew, but I don't, and I need help." Absolutely. You know, I mean, really, it it, it can it can almost be that simple in a way. Um, unfortunately we are up against a break. We're going to take a short break and come back and I'm going to have Zan tell us about a a success story or two, because I think that's important. So we will be right back here on around the house with Scott Brokamp on news talk, 98.7 W O K I. Welcome back to around the house with Scott Brokamp. My guest this morning is Zan Shriver with Volunteer Ministry Center, and we've, uh, well, we've, you know, went down some rabbit holes like we always do, but quite frankly, uh, Zan has just shared with us a a lot of ways that they help our community, and I just, it's so amazing. It's so important um, to have organizations like Volunteer Ministry, and Zan, I thank you guys for that. You're, You're a huge, huge uh, fundamental support system in our in our community um and obviously in particular the homeless community you're you're changing lives every day um and i guess with that 
my question to you is, is I'm sure you've got countless success stories, but is there one that just sticks out to you that you're just like, man, this is, this is why I do what I do. Well, there, there's a recent one. Um, I was actually out in the community at a church presenting on VMC and what we were about. And afterwards, um, a lady comes up to me and she lets me know that 11 years ago, 11 years ago, she was um, a member of VMC Resource Center, our housing case management program, and she achieved housing. And and she sustained that housing for that entire 11 years. Wow. Um, and uh, the thing that she said to me is, it's not like my life's been easy. There's been bumps in the road. But, um, you know, housing has meant everything to me. Hmm. And I would not have been able to be here if it had not been for VMC and someone standing by me. Um, I mean, she remembered her case manager. She remembered her name, what she looked like. Yeah. I mean, it was clear in her head. Um, and Scott, as, as we're talking about this, I, I, I told you off the air, there's folks that I also remember that um, that achieved housing and were mm. so neat to work with, just neat people to get to know. Um, and unfortunately in the long term they weren't able to be successful but they did have a period of time that mm. they were in housing and they made connections with people but that always hits me strongly just because um unfortunately not everyone's going to be able to make it but yeah. we help those that we can right and we reach out to people regardless yeah um, and we hope that they can take that hand um and they may not be able to keep the, the grip on it but we're there for them right so yeah. And, and that can, in a lot of times in life, right, just that brief shining moment of success in their life is, is a lot of times the, the inspiration for them when they fall on hard times to be able to get back up and do it again. Absolutely. Just like so many of us. So, um, all right. I I know we're in the last segment, which means we don't have a whole lot of time. And so there's a lot I want to unpack with you, uh, help what are what are the most important things that you guys need in particular this time of year i tell you what if people doing collection drives for us mean a lot um we had a high school uh boys and girls basketball team that donated about 100 pairs of sneakers and wow. that that and, and those are really needed like that's a really useful item for for our folks that we serve so uh toll tree items uh coats gloves hats hand warmers right mm. now that's a big need is hand warmers um and well it's not as cold right now but we're it's, heading right it's into getting there it. yeah so those cold weather items can really be really helpful and they can be dropped off at our main building okay. at 511 north broadway okay um right right downtown easy to find um we also have a under the tree holiday collection drive which um we're basically collecting items for those folks we're working with that are in housing and just needed items. Like I mentioned, clothes, toiletry mm -hmm. items, uh, cleaning supplies, stuff, stuff that they have a hard time affording on a, on a regular yeah. basis. So, so those are big needs right now. Yeah. The essentials. 
the essentials. Right? Yes. The essentials that we <laughs> so easily, over, easily overlook. Um, hey, one of the easiest ways to get in touch, go to um, www.vmcinc.org. That's vmcinc.org. Um, I mean, right when you log in, there's a, obviously there's a donate button right there on their page. Um, but there is so much information on the website to be able to get yourself informed, find out how you can help. How can you get involved? There are countless ways and, and I'm sure obviously the needs, financial supplies. Um, how are you doing with volunteers nowadays? Um, we're doing good, but COVID did change things for us a yeah. little bit. And so, um, we, one of the neatest things that we have is we have meal groups come in and provide the meals yeah. for those that are working towards housing. So we have churches, businesses, community organizations, and not only are they helping folks that are experiencing homelessness, but they're helping folks that are actively working to mm. To achieve housing. To achieve housing. So I think that's a that's a neat opportunity. Yeah, it is. That is uh that's super awesome. All right. Zan, uh any last parting words that you have? I would say thank you to the community in Knoxville. I we have a very generous community. Um, and VMC would not be able to do what we do if it was not mm. for the individuals in our community and the churches and community of faith of Knoxville. So well, thank you. Well, and thank you because most of them know of VMC because of you. Um, and most, uh, you, you get around, you get around, which <laughs> I love that, right? You, you've got to be able to do that. So, um, uh, thank you very much, Zan, for being here with us this morning. Again, you can go to Volunteer Ministry website at vmcinc.org. That's vmcinc.org. Uh, you know, I, I was going to hit our topic of the day real quick, but I think I'll wait. I'll wait until we come back. Um, so one of the things that I just want to say to our listeners is this. Many a times when we're changing out our clothes from spring to winter, we find a lot of things that don't necessarily fit. We find a lot of things that maybe we don't want anymore. Uh, there's a great opportunity for you to be able to help. And and that is, as uh, Zan was sharing about, is those items, those donation items of clothing. So whether it be coats, pants, shirts, shoes, whatever it is. Yes. Uh, great opportunity for you when you clean out your closet to be able to give back into your community. Um, these are the things that are so fundamental for helping you guys. And, you know, I, I know it, it, we have tried to do some of those things uh, over the past as well with you and, and obviously will again. And uh, you and, and Lisa from my office are always intertwined somewhere together. And so she's always uh, keeping us abreast of what we can do to help. And so I, I'm just, I, I, I'm glad that we have been able to help in, in some ways or another. So again, uh, Volunteer Ministry Center, uh, one of our local nonprofits helping the homeless obtain housing um, such an important thing in their lives to be able to help them get through what they're dealing with. You can find them online at vmcinc.org. That's vmcinc.org. Zan, thank you so much for being here. And, thank you, Scott. Uh, 
if y'all listening out there, give them give them a little bit of help and support. Meantime, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, well, we're going to be talking with another local nonprofit who can use your help as well. Thanks for listening. Tune in right here on Around the House with Scott Brokamp on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. Welcome back to Around the House. I want to thank my guest from the first hour, Zan Shriver of Volunteer Ministry Center. Um, Zan and their team do a great job with their housing first approach, um, helping our community in a multitude of ways. And, uh, you know, it just, uh, it, it warms I know everybody talks about, you know, doing good things, but it, it warms my heart just to be able to have the opportunity to share with our listeners some of the nonprofits and organizations in our community that need help that we need to be able to help support and serve. Um, so I didn't get to it at the uh, end of the first hour. We are in our new little bit here, the topic of the day. Um, so I do want to kind of talk about our topic of the day. It's family stories month. And so November is famous for Thanksgiving, of course. And then there is no shave November, which I like that cause I enjoy being lazy and not having to shave the national, uh, novel writing month. But there's another special occasion this month that's worth every minute that you invest in it. And that is family stories month. There's a recent survey out that shows three out of five Americans can't name any of their great-grandparents. 22% have no idea that their grandfathers did for a living. Uh, I'm glad I'm not in those percentages. Family Stories Month brings families closer together and preserves traditions and culture. In these times when kids seem to only be connected to their devices, it's more important than ever to help them keep in touch with their roots so this november when the family is gathering around for the holidays dig up some old family photo albums and start sharing what you remember about your parents grandparents and great parent great grandparents encourage your kids to ask questions like what was your favorite family tradition when you were growing up what was the most difficult time for your family as you went through as a child how did you and your spouse meet and get married that's always an interesting one What do you remember about the birth of each one of your children and so on? So many just short, simple, easy questions to have with your kids and with your family over the holidays. Well, what is, what is your tradition? Do you have one? You know, I I know we really, our tradition is just kind of where we travel to. Uh, we have some some split families. My mother lives in Illinois, and my father lives in Florida. So we, uh, you know, it's important for me to be able to make sure that my kids know their grandparents. Um, unfortunately, they're not all here. And um, there's uh, my father-in-law, my youngest daughter never got to meet, you know. And so we want to make sure that she knows who her granddad was. And, uh, you know, we make it, it's important to us. We've made a commitment that every year we travel to my mom's for Thanksgiving because we want to be there and we want our kids to be able to spend time with their grandmother and of course, aunt and uncles and some cousins and that kind of stuff. And then we travel to Florida to see my father at Christmas, um, which of course that's got its own benefits, but we want our kids to know their grandparents, uh, Jeanette, what I, I bet you got a great family tradition or two that you have, don't you? You know, we 
when I was growing up, we were always at our grandparents. And so a lot of our tradition was in the car. And several years ago, about 15 years ago, we were we were blessed that my mother agreed to move in with us. And so we have multi-generational living mm. at our home. And I'll never forget when my child was in elementary and they said, who's your best friend? And he said, my BB. That's, oh. that's what he calls my mother. And so, but my mother does not like the cold and it's cold here. So she goes on the grandbaby tour for uh, <laughs> October through March. She has grandbabies in Florida and in California. So she goes and she stays warm. And our family has developed a tradition for us, the, the, my small family, three of us, and we go to Care Cuts of Knoxville and feed the homeless on Thanksgiving and Christmas and, and tend to them. And then we go to Waffle House <laughs> because, you know, nothing says like family togetherness, not like the Waffle House. But w- that's our thing. We love it. And, you know, service together is important to us. And it's not something that we get to do enough of. My husband travels for a living. I work. My child is 21. And, you know, let's just say we don't share the same interests. But we do share the same heart for service. And so we love, you know, going down to care cuts and whatever they need done, we do. Mm -hmm. Sometimes that's registration. Sometimes that's handing out food sometimes it's handing out clothes sometimes it's washing down a a shower trailer or picking Mm. up trash off the floor or whatever it needs done yeah so that's what we do for fun and it's um it's incredible we get so much out of it so much more than we give yeah well absolutely that's usually how that works anyways yeah well uh so there you go share some holiday tradition with your family um around the holidays and why in the world do we always wait for the holidays why don't we do it all year long amen all right well uh by the way my guest here uh we will i will introduce you in one moment obviously but uh let's just go over what's going on today in case you're looking for something to do the foothills craft guild is holding their 50 cent 57th annual fine craft show this weekend at the knoxville expo center on clinton highway hours are today from 10 to 6 Market Square Farmer's Market is winding down today, and the next two Saturdays are the final days of the year for the Farmer's Market. Dogwood Arts Bazillion Blooms, uh, Bazillion Blooms Dogwood Tree Sale is still going on. You can order your trees now through November 16th and pick them up on December 8th. More details at dogwoodarts.com. Of course, it is homecoming on the hill. The Vols take on UConn today. Be sure to buy a Pat Summit commemorative cup today to help support Alzheimer's research and give Gino, a big in-your-face kickoff is at noon today on the SEC Network, and you can listen to the game on our sister station, WIVK, the flagship station of the Vol Network. For a list of all events going on around town today, go to visitknoxville.com. That's visitknoxville.com. As we continue our focus on local nonprofits, we are meeting with people's needs this holiday season Obviously, the first hour, Zan Shriver from Volunteer Ministry talked about their housing first philosophy and how important the basics needs for shelter is. And this hour, I'm joined by Miss Jeanette Bergen, dear friend, and holy moly, I don't even know how long we've known each other now. She is VP at Regions Bank in their mortgage office Monday through Friday. And, well, Monday through Friday, she's doing a lot of other things. She's helping people finance the roof over their heads, but on the weekends, she's serving people who don't have one. 
her organization is called Care Cuts. But they don't stop at just haircuts. They provide meals, clothing, transportation, and other resources to help restore people's dignity through employment and stable housing. Jeanette? Hello, darling. Good morning. Good morning. You know, we always find ourselves together at some point in time doing something for our community. Isn't it fun? It's awesome. We have a great community. It's worth protecting and preserving. It is. It is. And and quite frankly, aren't, aren't they all? The ones I've been in are. I mean, they just are. Yeah. It it takes great people like yourselves, like Zan, and great organizations to, quite frankly, be willing to go out and just provide a little helping hand. You know, we're called to be the hands and feet of Jesus. And we're called to love our neighbors and see them as God sees them. That's our job. Yeah. yeah. That's our job is love. to bring the light and, and to be love. And, yeah. and it's hard to see love and it's hard to see acceptance and it's hard to see inclusion and value when you're hungry and you're cold and nobody will look you in the eye. And uh, they just walk on past. Hmm. And I'm proud to say in Knoxville, we're trying really hard not to do that. Yeah. And to make a difference and to lean in because that's somebody's child. Hmm. And that didn't mean anything to me until I gave birth. You know, it's it's real easy to um, to say that. But when you hold yours. Hmm. And then you look at somebody that's been on the street. Yeah. And that's, you know, there but for the grace of God go we. So, yeah, we're charged, we're commanded to love our neighbors as ourselves. And it uh, we're here to make a difference. We're here to be the hands and feet of Jesus on the street. Yeah. And so that's, that's what Care Cuts is trying to do desperately. You know, a million years ago, as in 2016, um, I'm sitting in the chair at the salon and this woman has these scissors whirling around my head and, you know, whatever. And she says, I want to cut the hair for the homeless. You think we can figure out how to do that? And I said, I bet you we can. (laughs) And then it all started from her desire to do more. Hmm. Um, we have some great, great partner services in our community, people that are trying to, to breach people, but sometimes time gets in the way Mm. and it becomes our agenda and not their need. Yeah. So Marty Baker, my hairdresser, um, had been serving under the bridge with her cousin for years and it was a it was almost like a pop-up thing like and i went with her a couple of times i was like whoa um you show up you set up the tables you feed them and you go so our goal is to do it a little differently lean in a little more and and maybe make a little bit more impact Mm, awesome well we are up against a a break we're going to take a quick break and when we come back uh jeanette i'm i you can i want you to tell us all about how this started how this ministry became what it is today you got it. uh and obviously 
how our listeners can help. We'll return right here on Around the House with Scott Brokamp on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. Welcome back to Around the House. I'm Scott Brokamp, founder and co-owner of His Security Technology, and I am speaking with Miss Jeanette Bergen. And, well, I don't know what your title is over there at Care Cuts, but uh, I know that... Servant. Servant. There you go. Happy Um, to do anything. So, I know before we went to break, you were giving us a little bit of the history of Mm -hmm. how Care Cuts started, Um, and I'm sorry, I know we had to get to a break real quick, but so just the intent and the purpose so marty's dream was to do more to and to restore their dignity Hmm. and marty is a marty baker is was a barber of 40 years you know and taught and did she's amazing um and she said i'm just a barber all i can do is cut their hair (laughs) so she wanted to cut their hair (laughs) <laughs> and we did that April of 2016 and quickly realized, uh, yeah, we need to be feeding these people. So then we yeah. worked on getting food. And our first month, we had 65 people come for haircuts. Mm. And we were there until 9 o'clock. And then it just grew from that. And then we realized the haircut is the carrot. Mm. And what we do the rest of the day is the is what makes the difference. Yeah. It developed the relationship, lean in, mm-hmm. find out because you can't pop in and pop out of people's lives and really get to the root. No, you can't expect to build trust and, and value and in a relationship. Tell that our way. story to somebody. Mm-hmm. No, they're just, but what we learned as we cut their hair is it, what struck us so much is Sometimes that's the first positive touch people have had mm. in years. Yeah. Everything else has been abusive or um, controlling or disciplinarian or whatever. Um, so I've liter- we've literally had people in the chair getting a cut and they start crying mm. because they just physical touch, man. It yeah. makes a difference when you don't have words, you can always hug. And so... At what we learned is that that they needed so much more, but that was the carrot. Everybody wants to, everybody wants their dignity back. They want to look mm. good. They want to, and and we don't delineate between the unhomed or the working poor or the whatever. We, it's just a person. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times we had people come and saying, "I have a job interview and I want to look nice," mm. or "I have a job interview." And I'm afraid I'm too old. They won't want me. So then we began to do a little bit of color. And so we were, I was in charge of the color room for a taking, while. Taking the gray out. It you? was wild, man. It was wild. And we had so much fun. We never did, or, or we didn't do party colors. So, you know, it wasn't about the green and the blue, but it was definitely about restoring dignity cleaning people up making them feel better my attorney has an office downtown and and we used to be once a month and he called me one time and he said was care cuts this weekend and i said yes sir it was and he said we got the best looking homeless in law and i was like you know what that's a good thing that's a good thing they're getting the you know their shoulders are squaring and so as they talk to us we realize there's so much more we could be doing Mm. and there's so much more need and people begin to heal when they begin to share 
and yeah. they would begin to share. So they, we opened up longer and longer for the day and did more and more and more. And they stayed longer and longer and got to know us and we got to know them. And then we were be, a, be empowered to lean in, mentor, mm-hmm. make a difference. And, you know, you think, oh, that's just a bunch of sappy stuff. But so far, we've gotten over 450 people off the street. Mm-hmm. And we don't have federal money and we right. don't get state money and we don't get money we're volunteer at 100 percent donation right and so it's amazing what this community cares about this community cares about people because if not care cuts wouldn't exist we do we ha- i mean yeah our our local community here in Knoxville. Yes. by the way Thank you. You know, Amen. Thank you to to your heart and to your generosity because we do. We have we have some of the most compassionate, caring, and supportive and giving mm-hmm. local community residents that I have experienced every, anywhere. And I've lived in several places, and it's just it's beyond me the, we the are care that our we offer. Brothers keeper. We really we are. are brothers keeper. And you know, we go on Facebook, and I'll never forget the impact. One time, I we had a lady needed a wheelchair i just went on facebook and said i need a wheelchair within seven minutes somebody i'd never met before said i've got it ordered my husband is at home in hospice and i can't leave can you come pick it up it'll be here in 48 hours i'm like i'll be there hmm. she didn't know me from adam's house cat yeah i mean i don't know if people shake other people down for wheelchairs but you know <laughs> she 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 didn't say i have one dusty in a barn she said i've ordered one i want you to have this one it's lighter and it was just incredible. And it's that's Knoxville. That's our people. It really is. And when we have needed something, Knoxville has stepped forward. And it doesn't matter that you don't know who the end receiver is. We're responsible for giving. Mm. We we have to answer for our own behavior. We don't have to answer for what they do with it. And there's some incredible, incredible ministries and and charities in Knoxville that are are serving this population um, of the unhomed and the underprivileged. VMC, one of them, Jenny Weatherstone years ago, she and I were social workers together. We both had the same heart. She went to VMC and made an incredible impact. Mm. You know, CARM, there's Salvation Army. Everybody is trying to do more. What makes Care Cuts different is that we serve those that can't go into a program Hmm. you can't have addiction issues you can't have mental health issues and make it in some of these programs right right. um and we believe in housing first as well but homelessness is a three-legged stool Hmm. one is affordable housing which let me help you knoxville has none second is mental illness and the third is addiction. Yeah. So if you can't be addicted or you can't have mental illness going into some of these sister programs, what you going to mm-hmm. do? Right. Yeah. You're going to live on the streets. Yeah. And they come right off the bus stop with a one-way ticket to Knoxville and they turn the corner and there they are and they go under the bridge and they're sitting ducks for drug dealers and violence and sexual trafficking and all the horrible things we hear about in our community mm-hmm. but if they can make one more turn because we're right behind carm at 519 william street there sits care cuts and all are welcome mm-hmm. we don't delineate right 
and we don't make them prove they're homeless. We just try and help where they are and get them where they need to go. Yeah. Is that housing? Is that rehab? Is that, you know, foster care? A lot of foster kids. We we serve a ton of foster kids. Veterans that just stumble in. Mm. It's amazing how many veterans are thrown away. Mm. Why? Because they have mental issues, mental health yeah. issues that they have self-medicated with drugs and alcohol. Right. Hello. Right. Here we are. Yeah. And... It's amazing when you can get them help, the impact that they have. A couple yeah. of years ago, Marty and I were leaving. It was January. We were leaving a Care Cuts event, and, and then before COVID, we were once a month. And we had met this fella and his wife. She had a room inside Carm. He could not handle the environment there, mm-hmm. which is a couple of hundred people sleeping in a right. room. He was a two-term Navy SEAL. And he was sleeping on the concrete outside Carm to be near his wife so his wife could sleep inside. It was going to be 14 that night. Hmm. No sleeping bag, no tent, no nothing you could do would save his life that night. So we grabbed him. When we got finished learning about his story, something had happened and his check got turned around from the VA. He was getting $3,300 a month. He was disabled. Mm-hmm. And, uh, well... You know, you miss a month, you get evicted. Yeah. And so you miss a couple of months, you get evicted. And when you're, you have mental illness and PTSD, you can't work through the system to get your check started back up. Because the minute it gets turned around, they stop it and thinking somebody has, you know, whatever. And so by the time we got that spaghetti unraveled, it was about 90 to 120 days. And, you know, he had $10,000 in back pay. He was able to get into housing. But that's how they got on the street. Right. Yeah. You know, like I said, there but for the grace of God go I. And you don't, they're not going to tell that standing in a food line. No. They're going to tell that after hanging out all day, making a new friend, having somebody go, hello, brother, what can I get for you today? What do you need? What can we help you with? And that's where I, you know, what I love so much is, as just as it, you guys plastered everywhere, help restoring dignity, right? That's where it starts. That is where it starts because let's face it, nobody likes to admit when you've when I've when mm-hmm. I've been wrong, when I've failed, mm-hmm. when I can't do what a simple life task is that I feel like I should do. Any time I feel like I should be able to do it and I can't do it, then I Shame. feel ashamed. Shame. I don't want to admit Shame. that. I don't want to go and talk to somebody about that. I don't want to volunteer that information. I want to protect that. Right. And, and everybody's a victim of circumstance until you start helping them walk through that and say, hey, maybe right. we can make a different choice here. Yep. Let's talk about making a different choice. And I can't fix what happened to you, but I can fix what ha- where you go tomorrow. Right. Let's change your path. Yep. How can I help you change your path? Where would you like to be? And that's the importance, right? It is being able to mm-hmm. look, pick up where we're at, and and let's let's Move get forward. through it. Let's get through this, and then let's use the tools that we have used to get through this, and use those for life balancing skills moving onward. So we don't, so we can now become the mentor to somebody else right. of where we've come from. Right, and this isn't a handout because it's it's kind of funny. Some of our initial critics 
said, oh, this is just perpetuating. This is toxic charity. This is da, da, da. I'm like, dude, you have no idea. Yeah. Half the people serving at Care Cuts were formerly homeless. They right. come back to help others. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, and that's what it's about, right? Amen. Uh, being able to get back in that position to give back to your communities. Um, when we are up against a break, we're going to take a short break. We'll be right back, and we're going to continue to talk about the mission of Care Cuts, and then we're going to talk about how you can help and get involved yourself, uh, not just this holiday season, but today. Amen. And every day, right? We'll, we'll be right back here on Around the House with Scott Brokamp on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. Welcome back to Around the House. I'm visiting this morning with Jeanette Bergen, who was, well, quite frankly, just very fundamental in helping Marty Baker start care cuts. You know who's more fundamental and greater in the background? Is a fella that makes the best hamburger in Knoxville. Oh, who's that? A retired Marine named Archie Baker. And Archie Baker is the silent saint that makes Marty Baker be able to stand up and face anything because she's got Archie right there with her. Mm. And together they have changed the face of Knoxville. They are moving us forward and just in July, have gone taking care cuts from, you know, we were once a month. And then when COVID happened and the world shut down, we realized the homeless had nowhere, nowhere to get water, anything. I mean, a lot of the charities shut down because it was COVID. Mm-hmm. And so Marty felt compelled and we backed her as a board um, to go to once a week. Well, Marty and Archie now have said they need more. Our citizens deserve more than once a week. So now that we're three times a week, plus Sunday, and Archie Baker every month, the first Sunday of every month, stands back there and makes 400, 500 hamburgers Hmm. on the grill, fresh, so that they have a hot meal. And... Everybody shows love differently, and his love language is acts of service. Yeah. And Archie Baker has drug wire so we can plug in heaters, and he's, you know, jerry-rigged a generator so we have hot water in the shower trailer, and then he's back there cooking hundreds and hundreds of hamburgers. And there's a place for everybody to serve at Care Cuts. Mm-hmm. Um, whether you're an Archie or you're a Marty, there's a there's room for you. Hmm. Or a Jeanette. Well, I'm yeah, well, yeah, but it's um they are truly the hands and feet of Jesus at Care Cuts because they are the heartbeat, those that dynamic duo. And um through them they have created an opportunity for Knoxville to lean in and make a difference so whether it is collecting donations whether if your gifts are treasure they'll take your money you know care cuts care is our website go there click on donate we need monthly supporters that we can mm-hmm. count on we need one-time wonders that have hit a windfall and are willing to share yeah. you know we would gladly be a part of your tithe and how you're giving back to God because we hold church every Sunday and worship together in the in the 
service of our neighbors and tell them about Jesus every time they walk through the door. So it's there's room for anybody and everybody there. Whether you know how to cut hair, that is such a small part. Right. That is so we started out thinking that's what we were doing and, and God just changed our glasses mm-hmm. and put on a different vision. Sure. Um, we have resources we help people get their driver's license. Did you know you can't get a house in Knoxville unless you have a driver's license? It's hard to get housing. Well, you can't get your driver's license unless you have your birth certificate and your social security card. And not everybody knows where they were born. Mm. It, Never. It, not everybody knows their birth parents' name. And not you know, every, it, hello, what a craziness. It, and why, why has everything got to be so stinking difficult, right? I mean, what in the world? I mean, think about other areas, right? And we're we're building some of these areas now here in Knoxville yeah. that are walkability. You don't have to have Amen. a car. You don't have to have a driver's license. There but are you people have that ID. choose not to. You got to have an ID. You and that have it it can take you ninety, hundred twenty mm. days to get an mm. ID, and sometimes mm. it takes you three hours. We had somebody that was living at a local charity that does housing right around the corner from where we are. Um, they'd been there three years, three years. Hmm. And because of our hands-on approach, we threw them in the car, went and got their birth certificate, went and got their social security card, and they had a driver's license. Hmm. Yeah. And they were able to go. And we have employers there. Some people come just to get a job. And we have people a lot of times that are running um, job fairs Hmm. and, Answering questions about housing. We have medical care there. It's just crazy what people need, and it's the little things that give them the hand up to get a hand out of the situation. Yeah. To be the bridge. Our goal is to stand in the gap. You know, Jesus stands in the gap for us, and our goal is to stand in the gap for others. You, you know, it, and I think a lot of times what organizations, much like yourself, do that people that just gets overlooked right is it is it's it's being there to help direct somebody how to right okay because a lot of times we can't do it for you nobody can i mean look let's face it there's many of us who have been through many situations i i just i've been dealing one for over a year with a, a national company and you know what i can never get to the right department to get to the right person to get to the right solution to get this thing resolved right and just think if you don't even have a place to live, how important is that going to be? How important is it going to be to get a driver's license when you don't necessarily have a place to live? How important are some of these things going to be? And then when it comes time, where do I go? How do I do this? And I don't have the it, resources. Scott, think about it. A lot of our state, federal, county, they're 8 to 430. Yeah. And you got to be able to get transportation there and make an appointment. And come back for your appointment. And what? And you don't have a house. You're living outside. And you got to have a watch. to be, Because if you're late, right. they make you reschedule. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how defeating. Come back. Come back later. You missed your appointment. Come yeah. back later. Yeah. So, you know, sometimes you just need to come alongside and right. help bridge that gap. Well, and I think, again, going through some of my own personal struggles, uh, dealing with addiction early in my life, mm-hmm. knowing that sometimes when you're you're down, you're down so far, so hard, and, and 
and you you're making attempts, you're trying, and when and when you're making those attempts, sometimes you just need a win, right? Amen. You just need a little win, and and that's what to me organizations much like yourself and, and and our caring community does around here is they help these individuals help them come alongside and be a part of their team and get them a win amen because sometimes you just having a win gets you Talk over the about hump blowing wind in somebody's <clears throat> sails i'm telling you you should see them get their driver's license with their picture on it mm. You know, when we first started Care Cuts, we took before and after pictures, and we would give it to them. And the reason why we did that was because a man on our first, April 2016, said, we gave him his, his after picture. We used to just do after pictures. And he said, I'm going to send this to my mama. Her last time she saw a picture of me was when I was committed into jail. Mm. And I thought, ooh. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. They want to see themselves differently, too. And our goal is to help them see themselves differently because then they believe or begin to believe that they can do it. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that's the only difference. Everybody needs a cheerleader. And when they come and they say, I got a job, Mm. they said I could go to work for them. We have people coming to Care Cuts at 3 o'clock in the morning storing their things, making a sandwich and getting on a bus and going to work and coming back. And they live on the streets and they're stockpiling their money mm. to be able to get an apartment. Right. Yeah. So, you know, what can you do to help? Golly, what can't you, what, what don't they need? Right. So, you know, we, we try and gather resources and make them available on almost every level. So it is a win. So when they get their job and they come back and they say, I got this job, but they say, I have to have black shoes. Well, brother, here's some tennis shoes. Right. They're black. Here you go. They're donated, but hey, who cares? They're black in your size. Right. Or I have to have steel toed boots. Those are expensive. Well, guess what? Somebody donated to the boot ministry. These are for you. Mm. Be here and show up. They'll pick you up. Or I need a backpack. Mm. Or I can't have saggy pants, but these are all the only pants I have, and I don't have a belt. Do you have a piece of string? No, we have a belt. Here's a belt. How Mm. about we get you some jeans that fit? So we're always asking for donations um, of physical things, of monetary things, of, you know, some people are campers because they're not allowed to live around other people. They need pop-top canned food. Hmm. You know why? Because canned food is useless without a can opener. Right. Didn't think about that when I was buying cases at the (laughs) Costco. No, we need pop top canned food. Pop top on green beans will keep you alive. Because mm, you, you can go. get in it. And you can cook in that can. Yeah, that's you right. You can get in it. That's right. We are going to take a short break. And when we come back, uh, Jeanette's going to tell you exactly what you can do, how you can do, and all involved to how you can be a part of and help support this great cause in ministry as well. We'll be right back here on Around the House with Scott Brokamp on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. Welcome back to Around the House. 
I am Scott Brokamp, and today's focus has been all about our community. You know, we, uh, we, we have a lot of opportunities afforded to us, and I wanted to make sure that as we continue here on around the house, um, you know, I, I don't want to stray from our general purpose of talking about uh, remodeling and, and doing things, well, just about everything about around the house. But I don't know about you and your house, but in mine, we, we, we care about our community and we talk about how we can help and give back into our community. So um, this is uh, this is going to be a new standard here for us here on Around the House, and that is once a month we are going to be talking with um, members of and, and uh, organizers of local nonprofits that are giving back and are so essential to our community being successful and thriving and growing and being healthy just being healthy so with that uh if you haven't been listening i'm speaking with jeanette bergen of care cuts knoxville you can find them online at carecutsnox.org that's carecutsnox.org um you can find out how you can volunteer how you can donate learn more about what they do and how they operate but one of the, the best things that i love about them is is their motto is simple and that is restoring dignity and and that is i mean let's face it man when we've all been in a position at some point in time in our life that we just we've been down we were down and the last thing that we need to come across is something that is just stripping away more and more of our dignity and just to have somebody who says i care and not just says it but shows it in a way of just being there and being helpful and not judging and saying, Hey, I, I just, you know what? I, I know you're dealing with things. I want you to know I'm here to help, right? Not, I'm not going to come fix it and take care of it. I'm here to help. And just having that in, in helping restore that dignity and hope and, and just that little bit of oneness to say, you know, get up. You got this. We got this. So, Jeanette, thank you for thank what you, you do. So, thank you. Thanks for giving us the opportunity to spread the word and share the good news. Well, absolutely. You know, everybody wants to know what they can do and how they can get involved. And, of course, donations are great. Donations, though, are many things. It's not just your money, and we'll gladly take your money, and I promise we'll be good stewards of it. But everybody has something to give, be mm-hmm. it your time. You can come and volunteer. The, we do. We provide breakfast and lunch every Sunday. And I say that, the first four Sundays of the week, of the month, first four Sundays of the month. So those odd times that there's a fifth, mm-hmm. we take that off so that our volunteers can go spend time with their family and right. go to church and do, do family stuff. Um, but... So you can come volunteer. We have drop-off days. You're welcome to come between 9 and 1, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Saturday, and drop things off or donate things. Some of the stuff we need is just really in already in your house and basement. Um, if you've got sleeping bags and things like that that you don't use. I mean, how many of us thought we would go camping and we bought all the stuff went one time and said it wasn't for us and it's been in the garage ever since. We'll take all that stuff because there are people that need it. Yeah. 
and um so blankets sleeping bags pants we need pants we need jeans we need long johns we need underpants for ladies and gentlemen we need belts you know it's really hard because quite honestly if we don't have your size we'll give you the next size up and if we have a belt Mm, right you can make it through because they wear what they have until they get another set of something Mm -hmm. they don't have 50 changes of clothes they can't carry it Hmm. so yes we need pants we need sweatshirts um i'm looking at a list of things i wrote down earlier uh backpacks if you have old luggage with wheels on it that still work we need that that makes everything able to be carried easier uh pop top canned goods are great if you have a building downtown and you're willing to donate it or you know sell it to me for a dollar we've outgrown our space but we want to stay near the resources for our people. So yeah. we want to stay on that Fifth Avenue, uh, downtown corridor, Broadway. And um, we need help because we have more homeless right now than ever. Mm-hmm. And until we can get them rehomed, and that means building yeah. shelters for people yeah. and providing resources, until that happens, we're over 2,000. Wow. And we're feeding about 400 a week on Sundays. And then we're providing resources to anybody that's not in a program, not being served by Karma VMC or Salvation Army. Um, we do that Tuesday, Wednesday, and Saturday. Hmm. So we know we're over 2,000. Wow. And we need you. We need your help. We need your people, we need your resources, and we need your willing hearts. Yeah. And and you know what? And and even if all you got is some prayers and can take them to Daily. We need that daily. You know, I, I'm I'm so glad that I had the opportunity to talk about the needs that we have. And, you know, I, I know that there's a lot of folks that live in our community that don't do not understand and realize the homeless community that we have and the need that is there. And it's growing, Scott. It, and it is. And it is. And so we have great organizations much like yourself at CareCuts, um, VMC, CARM, and the list goes on and on and on. Salvation Army. We want to make sure that you as listeners know about these opportunities for your servant heart to be able to give back and help out so thank you so much uh jeanette for being here care cuts you can find them online carecutsnox.org that's carecutsnox.org if you missed part of today's show you want to listen again there's a link on my website just go to hissecurity.com and click on the ath radio tab or just go where you find your favorite podcast and search for around the house with scott brokamp I want to thank my guests this morning to shine a spotlight on the homeless in Knoxville and how you can help make a difference this winter and every day. <clears throat> Thanks to uh, Zan Shriver with Volunteer Ministry Center and Jeanette Bergen, co-founder of CareCuts. I want to thank you all for listening. I hope that you'll consider supporting their missions with your times and talents. Around the House is produced by News Talk 98.7 with guest coordination services from B Media Savvy. Next week, we'll meet a couple of business owners who specialize in getting your home ready for the holiday guest. In the meantime, I hope you have a great morning around the house today, and go balls!